Hey friends, Jeff here. Hope everyone's doing well. Got a fun episode lined up for you this week where one of my close friends, who I thought would be the last person willing to come onto this podcast, he actually joins me and we reminisce over funny memories. So I really hope people don't judge us after this episode. Anyways, hope you enjoyed this week's episode and thank you all for your continued support. P.S. Please don't inject disinfectants into yourself. Just don't. Stay safe and stay smart. Ladies and gentlemen, today is the day pigs fly, because someone who I thought would never do this podcast is here. So for this week's episode of Catching Up with Jeff G, it is my distinct honor to introduce, who's Andrew, I'm a statistics major, my friend Andrew Louie. How you doing, Louie? Not bad. So, Louie, why That was some intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, Louie, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to those who might not know you? Okay, uh, I'm Andrew. I know Jeff from college. I went four years at NYU with him, majored in statistics. I was born in the States. I grew up in Canada and China, and then I came back here for college. Uh, right now, I'm working. I think that's a good enough intro. So, Louis, I have a question. Whenever people ask me, like, where you're from, I never know what to tell them because you, like, went to every part of the world. So what do you actually tell people when they ask you that question? <laughs> Well, I tell people different things depending on where they're from. <laughs> wait, 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 give me an example. How does that work? Okay, so if someone's from the States, I'll tell them I'm Canadian usually because what happens is if I tell them I'm from the States, they'll be like, oh, you're from, you know, where are you from in the States? I'll be like, oh, I was born in New Jersey. And they're like, oh, what high school did you go to? Where did you, where, what town did you grow up in? Like, you know, which uh, president is the fifth one? I don't know these answers to these questions. I was, <laughs> what? Like, okay. I, I'm not really that American in that sense. Mm, like, I didn't mm. grow up here. Mm. So... I usually tell them Canadian just so that they don't ask these weird questions. If I meet a Canadian, I usually tell them I'm... Actually, I tell Canadians I'm Canadian as well. Wow, you tell I'm Canadians Canada. you're Canadian, but you don't tell Americans you're American? Well, yeah, because if you tell them American, they're going to be like, oh, you know what? Like, if I've had this conversation before. Like, I'm, I tell someone, oh, I was born in New Jersey. They're like, oh, which part of New Jersey? And I know the name of the town, but I don't know if the, if the county or, you know, Wait, anything what, about the high schools. What town were you in from New Jersey? I was born in Hackensack. Oh, okay. I I think that's Brooklyn County. Uh, yeah, that's definitely north of where I live. That's for sure. Okay. Yes, you live in something. The great country of Edison. It's a county. It's a well, country. Not a county. It's a city. It's a town. It's a town. <laughs> Village. So you just tell people you're Canadian. I mean, it's pretty obvious that I'm Chinese from my face, so I don't have to tell anyone that. <laughs> but that confuses me, though, because, you know, everybody thinks of Canadians as such nice people. But then... Mm-hmm. You tell people you're Canadian, so something we're doesn't... polite, not nice. Uh, Actually, no, we're nice and polite. Wait, what, what's the distinction between the two? Well, there are people who are nice who aren't polite. There'll be, like, people who, like, you know, will give you a quarter or give you, like, you know, help you up and then curse at you. Those people are nice, but they're not polite. Like, if you ask a New Yorker for, like, a direction, they'll give it to you. They'll just give it to you in a really rude way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so polite politeness is more in the, the methodology and niceness is more of the... The output is that what you're saying sure interesting okay but then okay so you tell americans you're canadian you still tell canadians you're canadian do you also tell people in like say shanghai and hong kong they're canadian yeah usually i mean well usually when i'm speaking to them in chinese i have a pretty strong american or canadian american accent to them so they can tell already that i'm not from there Wait, you just told me that you tell different people different answers, but now I'm hearing that you just tell people you're Canadian. Yeah, I usually do tell people. Huh, that's weird. All right. Today, we have established... That I'm a liar? The Louis is Canadian and a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wait, I definitely remember telling people different things at some points. That's weird. Wait, so when you travel, do you also use different passports? Oh, I use my American passport usually. Because it's the best. Wow. Okay. So you use America no, no, when no, you're no, traveling. No, 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 no. It's because my Canadian passport's expired and I don't want to get a new one. It's expensive. All right, guys. He's a fake Canadian. We're, we're taking him back. He's American now. <laughs> I mean, I've been here for what? Seven years? Like identity speaking, do you resonate with one, I guess, nationality more than the other? Not really. Canadian and American nationalities aren't 
super different, at least the ones that I've seen. Like, the culture in Canada and America isn't, like, that different, especially in, like, the areas that I've lived in, like, the Northeast. Mm. Maybe it'd be more different if I lived in, like, you know, the Midwest or the South, but, like, the area around New York is pretty similar to the area around Toronto. Mm. Well, Louis, we've known each other since uh, freshman year of college. That's I want right, to test yeah. your memory. Do you actually remember when we met for the first time? Uh, Ice cream, I think. Wow. Louis actually cares about me. He remembers how we first met. Yes, I remember very distinctly. Yeah, it was uh, ice cream social, ice cream social at social. Palladium? Founders. See, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the worst friend in this friendship. <laughs> I remember because uh, the lounge was really weirdly shaped, and uh, we were walking around like the couches and stuff trying to meet people. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very Founders. awkward. I remember that. With Sounders. Yes. So um, so for those of you who don't know, Louie and I, we met at this ice cream social at this, uh, I guess, freshman residence hall. And I don't know. I guess I, I looked at him and I was like, this is a guy I could talk to. And yeah. it just happened. And now Louie yeah. is thankful every day that we were able to meet at that occasion. That we could be... I regret every minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Louie... I do want to call our friendship into question because it's kind of a continuation of last week's podcast that I did with um, your special someone. So, you? <laughs> did you hear this, Jasmine? He said me. Okay. Anyways, nope. she's not uh, gonna listen to this one. Uh, no. <laughs> so, I want to bring up last week because you know, basically, on a second episode of this podcast, it was the episode with Tina. We basically brought up how. The, you had these horror stories or I had these horror stories of not knowing you guys were dating and like me being stuck in the middle between you two in so many different occasions. Not so, that many different occasions, but continue. <laughs> well, traumatic occasions to say the least. Anyways, uh, last week I gave Jasmine the opportunity to sort of clear her name as to why, you know, she held off on so long on, on telling me DC. And on last week's episode, she said that actually you were the one that was responsible for telling me since she, oh, she wanted you to tell the guy friends. That's so, right. Louis, I would say so. I want to understand why did you let me suffer for so long? Well, one of the small reasons was that that would be very funny for you to find out this way. And it was. And another reason was that um, I would thought you would be weird about it as you currently are being. <laughs> I'm not being weird about it. I'm act- You're being weird. You I'm would- a... I am in much emotional distress right now, and I need exactly. You would have been you're, you're being weird about it. None of our other friends are being weird about it. Actually, some of our other friends are being weird about it, but most of them are being normal. Was there anybody that you told even later than I did that freaked out more than I did? No, you freaked out the most for sure. Really? Oh well. Yeah. I wonder why. Two of my closest friends. <sighs> Unacceptable. Sure, was that and wasn't? I don't know. Maybe uh, your personality, the way you think, the way you act. Well. To be fair, I haven't seen you guys in a long time, like yeah, I mean. during that time period. So I wouldn't have known unless someone told me. Mm-hmm. But of course, you guys did it anyway. Maybe you should talk to the person who didn't tell you. Well, I did Morgan, not me. You told Morgan not to tell me, didn't uh, you? I did. Yes, I did. Because I thought you'd freak out, and you did. All right. Well, also, because it was funny. I wanted to give this opportunity for you to clear your name as well, but just like last nope. week, this this relationship's <laughs> nothing going down to clear. Drain. I'm as guilty. I'm as guilty as charged. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, moving on to happier topics. So, Louie, I, I was just thinking about it, actually. And I realized you and I, we have traveled to many different places together. That's right. Uh, you know, and that is, I guess, one of the main reasons why this friendship is so strong. Well, was strong until that. Uh, until the betrayal. But out of all the places we traveled together, and there are a couple, right? There's uh, Sydney, where we studied mm-hmm. abroad for a whole semester. There's uh, went to Vegas. Where speaking of Vegas, I want to bring no, up no, that, no, no, bring no, up no, that keep, story later. No, no, no. <laughs> keep on talking about the places. I don't want to hear about Vegas. Uh, we went upstate, uh, upstate New York. We went camping. There are a lot of different things that we did together. But out of all of these, I guess non-New York, New Jersey things that we've done, like New York City-wise, which one was your favorite and most memorable? I mean, Sydney was the longest and probably my favorite. Then I guess. That's There's true. the most interesting things going on there. That was, I think, the first time I actually lived with you for an extended period of time. First and only, I think, actually. Yeah, because we were never roommates. But, I mean, even though we saw each other a lot. During college, when you and Morgan and Alan lived at 
St. Mark's. I remember crashing every so often just because I could, not because I yeah. actually <laughs> needed to. <laughs> hey, I mean, you probably didn't need to, but you just did. Okay, what do you miss most about Sydney, other than it being the longest? It was just very different from New York in a certain sense. Do you prefer one over the other, living-wise? If we're talking about just like living, not like work or anything else, hmm, it's hard to say. Because the food was like a little more expensive in some places. I, I think living there for like a semester was really good to like see how other people live. But <laughs> I would rather live in New York. So when you say see how other people live, do you mean my amazing uh, cooking habits? <laughs> oh, no. Let's not talk about that. You still owe me for that. What do I owe you? All right. So for the viewers who don't know about this, um, we had a policy at the place we were living where we had to clean everything before we left. Uh, and Jeff, over the course of the semester, <laughs> decided to bake the same meal over and over on the same tray in the same oven every single, every week, every day. I don't remember how many times. It was not every day. It was not every day. I at switched my meals the, up. At the end of the semester, the inside of the oven was a very dark, dark, dark color <laughs> that it originally was not. And then Jeff was like, oh. Not my problem. And then it disappeared into nowhere. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. So, <laughs> okay, fine. I'll give you a chance to defend yourself. Please defend yourself. Okay, first of all, you know, I care about the earth, which is okay. why I use the same baking tray. And uh, baking tray was clean, by the way, because, and when I say clean, I mean the area on which I cooked. That's so, that's the first point. Second point, it was not every day that I cooked the same thing because I like to switch my meals up. So I want to say it was about every, like, fourth meal excluding breakfast so every like two days i would say and then thirdly so it is true we did have sort of a policy at year end a cleaning policy where i believe the fine was about like 50 us dollars if your i guess living situation was not spotlessly clean and i would admit at first i did receive a notification from like the housing director saying that hey we think you might need to pay 50 dollars but I would like to point out that it was voided and because they said it was a mistake on their part and that I did not need to worry about it. It's probably because I cleaned it for you. No. <laughs> you know? Hey, my room was actually pretty clean. Okay, the only Your mishap... room was clean. The oven was not. <laughs> the only mishap that I would say from those Sydney days was one time, for some reason, I think the, the drying machine for laundry like broke down. And Louie, I don't know if you remember this, but I decided to buy like a drying rack in my room. I remember this so well. <laughs> and so I, I finished my laundry, washing my laundry, and then I put it on a drying rack. But for some reason, the clothes did not dry. And, and all of a sudden, like for anybody in, in the world who has ever had like leftover wet clothes with a detergent smell, it smells so bad after a long time, especially if it doesn't dry out. I and mean, that was basically... <laughs> My room, my room for half the semester smelled like very old, worn out detergent. That's about right. <laughs> like, I actually forgot about that until you mentioned it. It was so bad. The old drying rack. Yeah. I the... can't believe you did that. Every time that Louis came work. into my room, he needed to like hold his nose. Okay, to be fair, I had to hold my nose <laughs> during those bad. first couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, but finally, the the drying machine worked, and then I was able to, to actually dry I mean, I think your problem clothes. there was... You didn't buy enough drying racks. That You loaded all your clothes <laughs> into one. That's not how they dry, dude. Okay. Well, to be fair, that... I forgot what the... Do you remember the name of the store? It's like basically our Kmart. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, wait. Did we buy it from the uh, the place that we get all the food from as well? No, no. Not Woolworths. I not remember Woolworths. Okay. Yeah. It was basically... It's uh, like the department store of Australia. And it was a pretty long walk. It was about like a good 30-minute walk to get there, which is why... You know, I didn't want to buy too many racks because I couldn't carry them all the way back. Mm. But yeah, that was my my laundry mishap in my room. But Sydney was also where I realized uh, Louis' mischievous side as well. So, uh, yes. Louis, I do want to call out what you did to all of my stuff when I was on the way back from Melbourne. So let me let me tell you guys about what Louis did. So, <laughs> so a group of us decided over one long weekend to go to to Melbourne. We we were all in Sydney, right? So. I think the rest of the group decided to take like a plane ride. Whereas me, I decided to take like an overnight bus ride because I think one, it was cheaper. And two, I wanted to take a more scenic route. Like I enjoy, I guess, the process of getting somewhere and what you see on, along the way. So on the way back, they actually arrived 
I think the night before I did, because my yeah. bus was scheduled to arrive. I think like five five o'clock in the morning. I don't know why I did this, but the day that I got back was also a working day, so I had an internship in 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 Sydney. So that same day that I arrived <laughs> back in the morning, I actually had to go to work as well, which like I had to leave by seven thirty. So between arriving at five and seven thirty, I had like a two and a half hour window. So I decided to use that window to take like an hour nap and then shower and leave, right? So let me tell you what happens. I get back into my room. First thing I noticed was like my room was, my door was wide open. And I remember leaving. I was like, I don't think my my door is open. And then I went in and it was pitch dark, right? Because again, it's 5 a.m. Sun hasn't come out yet. And I decided to sort of jump on my bed to take a nap. The moment I jumped on my bed, I just noticed, like, after I popped my head down, there was this thing dangling from the ceiling, like, touching my nose. And I had no idea what it was. So I was like, what is this thing? So I grabbed it, and I realized it was my shorts. So apparently, Louie and another roommate of mine tied my, like, shorts up. And then I was like, these kids definitely do something. But I was so tired, I ignored it. I just continued to take a nap. So after I woke up from my nap, then I was like, okay, let me take a shower and then change into my work clothes. And I will never forget... I. <laughs> When I got out of the shower and I was trying to put on my pants, I like drew my pants up all the way to my waist and it immediately fell back down. And I was like, what in the world is happening? And I realized these kids stuffed my pants with so many coins. <laughs> like the pockets are bulging with coins. And then also I realized they also stuffed all of my clothes into like my guitar case at the time. So I had to spend like a good 30 minutes digging through my guitar case to find my work attire. So... Thank you for that, Louis. What was your motivation behind doing that? First of all, you're welcome. Second of all, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> the coins actually were the last minute thing because I just saw the coins on your desk. I was like, why do you have so many coins? Like, you have a. What did you do with all those coins on your left? Well, and so we just put them all in your pockets. That's true. I used to. It's not even hoard coins. Well, I guess it's kind of hoarding no, coins. No, it was hoarding. There was a lot of them. But it wasn't like. I wasn't intentionally hoarding coins. I think it was just whenever I bought stuff and I got coins back, like, I just put it in my pocket. But then because I hate carrying around coins, I decided to just put them on my desk and slowly over time, <laughs> number of coins. Yeah, you're one of those people. Increased. But uh, Sydney was fun. We also went to New Zealand for spring break. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, that was great. That was great. Remember where you almost killed us? <laughs> uh, okay, well, all right. Do you want to tell the story from your no, side? I, and I, I want to see you try to defend yourself. I don't need to. Def- okay, so. You don't need to defend yourself. Okay, well. Because I, I believe it was pseudo worth it. <laughs> pseudo? <laughs> In what universe was it worth it? All right, I'm going to tell a story. Yeah, and go then ahead. I want to see how you defend yourself. Sure. All right, so we're both, um, when we went to New Zealand, I think there was eight of us, nine of us? Eight of us, uh, right? Eight, yep. Mm-hmm. Eight, yeah. So we uh, rented two cars, and then we were driving around the North Island, I think we went, or South Island. I don't remember which one we went to. South. We went to South? We went to it South. was uh, basically the more natural island. So we were on the South Island, um, and New Zealand doesn't have a lot of people. So when we were driving, there's not like a lot of cars are nearby or like people or anything. So uh, Jeff and Michael, who was the driver of the other car, decide to get into an impromptu race because they're idiots. And so we're driving, right? And then we're driving this tiny, like, you know, two-lane road. Is it two-lane or one-lane? Like when there's only one lane on one side? I guess it's a single. Well, it's yeah. I mean, like, basically, it's a, it's a single-lane road, but it goes in opposite directions. Like, there's yeah. one lane for each direction. There's one lane for each direction. So, normally speaking, you cannot overtake another person that's driving on that <laughs> side. Because you'd have to go onto the other side and be illegally oh, driving no, in a very le- stupid fashion. No, no. Legally, you can do that, though. Legally, yes. If, unless both if, of you are If speeding. there's no cars around, legally, you can If there's overtake. no cars around. Yeah. Very important point. So, Jeff <laughs> is behind Michael at this point. He's like, oh, you know, I'm going to overtake Michael. So, he turns <laughs> left or to, drives forward. And then we see another car facing us. And I'm like, Jeff, we're going to die. And he goes back to the, he cuts back in. And by a split second, we survive. Otherwise, we would have head on hit that other car. And instead of us talking to you right now, there would be none of us talking to you. There would be no one here on this call. And both of us would be dead in New Zealand. I feel bad Jeff, for laughing, but it's true. <laughs> and then Michael was like, you idiot. And then I was like, you idiot. And I remember I was in the front seat, wasn't I? Kathy was in the front. Are you sure? Because I, I saw the car. I was like, ah. Kathy probably has more of a traumatic uh, memory of this. No, thing. no, no. So actually, I asked Kathy about. So Kathy's our mutual friend. We I asked her a while back whether she remembers. I think it was so traumatic that she completely <laughs> forgot about it because she has no recollection whatsoever. 
<laughs> let me let me defend myself first from 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 this story. Okay. So, let me hear it. My defense is that we won the race. Oh, that's what matters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. 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 To be fair. To be fair. In the beginning, I just wanted a scenic drive, right? I just wanted to take my time and you know enjoy the a nice chill chill ride to our next destination, which I believe was Mount Cook. I think we were driving to Mount Cook. I think so. Yeah. And then because you know you can't drive, I had to be one of the options to drive. So it's kind of your fault that I was placed in the driver's seat. Anyways, after that, so we were driving casually, and all of a sudden Michael's car pulls up by us, right, and. They just start making faces at us, and like Michael kind of gives that, you know, you want to go look, you know what I mean? And then I was like, at first I was like, ah, nah, we're good. But the people in my car, including you, were like, oh, you're just gonna let them do that to you? <laughs> you're just gonna let them disrespect you and not do anything? So I was like, hey, all right. You're the driver, you have to be responsible. We're the like, passengers, we can uh, insult the other car. <laughs> Yeah, so you guys insulted back. Well, you guys made faces back at the other car. And then you guys yeah. were like, Jeff, drive faster. So that's why I decided to engage in a race. But yes, it was a, uh, it was quite frightening, actually. Like, because I think I also made the very bad decision of trying to overtake the other car. On Okay, so keep in on mind. On a curve. Yeah, on a curve. It. So keep in mind, the roads in New Zealand, um, you drive on the right-hand side. So as you're driving from the right-hand side, we were going to make a left turn, right? So imagine the the right-hand side is like that longer curve. So I was like, oh, this is my opportunity to overtake Michael by like driving on an inward curve that was going the opposite direction. Uh, little did I know there was another car coming from the opposite side. So my hands instinctually like just took control of themselves and drove back in. But I, I do think that if we were slower by like 0.1 seconds, yeah, you're right. We probably... Not 0.1. I think a, a one second would have been... We weren't that close. In my mind, it felt super close. It was I, close enough that it was worrying, but, you know. It was close enough it was worrying. So, I <laughs> I think after that, I also overtook another car. And that car actually, I don't even remember, but there was another car that had, like, kind of road raged at us and, like, trailed us for a good oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> 10 that, yeah. minutes. So, that was also kind of nerve-wracking. But, again, we won the race. So, worth. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, if it makes you feel happy, that was the last time I ever raced. Like I could have sworn you said that about high school. No, no, high school I raced. I raced throughout, like, before Sydney as well, when I was back home. Mm. Like, I used to race with someone after church meetings as well. <laughs> mm, yes, that's a good <laughs> testament right there. Good testimony. So, uh, <laughs> I was immature back then. I, I'm a mm. changed man now. Yeah. But, yeah, Sydney was fun. We also played a lot of pranks. We talked about Kathy. We did play yeah. a prank on Kathy where I kind of pretended I changed something in her room, even though I didn't. Like, I kind of locked her out of her own room and was, like, just making noises to pretend I was fooling around. But in reality, I changed nothing. And I think Kathy had OCD for a good while, thinking I did something in her room. Um, I mean, after hearing what I did to your room, I think she had to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, my other favorite memory from Sydney was... So, basically, in Sydney, we had a situation where all of the guys lived on one of the top floors. And all the girls lived on one of the bottom floors. So, we each had our own suite. And for some reason... Maybe because of my my cooking habits. We decided that the girls' suite would, would be the hangout spot. So mm-hmm. most of us were usually there. Uh, and while we were there one day, you snuck back into our suite. And you were trying to like mess with my computer background or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I just remember at How the girls' suite. How did you know suite, was there? Well, at the girls' suite, I was like, Louis has been gone for a long time. And then I also realized I did not leave my door locked. So I was like. My spidey senses are tingling. So <laughs> I went back upstairs and I just found you. So basically how my room is situated. So you open a door and you just see down to like where the desk is. My desk was propped against like the end of the, the wall like, outside the window. And I just see you hunched over like trying to like find embarrassing pictures of me on, on the internet. And I just snuck up behind you and I was like, Louie, to this day... I have never seen you jump so high in your life. Like you, like we're about to hit your head on the ceiling from a sitting position. That was quite impressive. I thought I was gonna be, I was gonna die right there in that room. Uh, I mean, you know, it was close. It was close. You're, you're yeah. lucky. I'm a nice person. <laughs> wow! Wow! Is that cough out of uh, out of disagreement with what I said? No, I'm just allergic to lying. Yeah, but I do miss Sydney overall. I think. That semester, honestly, even though we had class and stuff, it just felt more of a vacation. Oh, those classes were easy. 
so Louis was always good at academics, but um, I will always remind him that I did better than him in one class when we were in college. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, we're not. Not again. Not this again. So, so, so for those of you who don't know, you know, I am superior to Louis in one class called decision modeling. So basically throughout college, and it wasn't just limited to that class. I think it was basically any class that we shared. But because Louis was so good at academics, and then I was the one who sort of got lazy in college, I would always bug Louis to sort of, you know, help me with schoolwork and help me study for the exams and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, so each time we had a homework assignment for this class, you best believe that I was messaging Louis and be like, okay, how do you do this first question? And then after the first so question, I, like, how do you do the I'm second a good question? Student, so I would start... <laughs> Doing this homework a week early because it's difficult homework, you know. You have to like, you know, think about it. You got to sit there and think about how to do it. And so you'd sit there. I'd sit there for a week, think about how to do it for a week, and then I'd figure out after three or four days, you know, and then I'd do it. Jeff, on the other hand, would message me maybe two days before the homework was due and be like, "Hey, I've been looking at this homework. Hey, can you help me with it?" That's actually not bad because normally I would message you one day before. So that is true. The fact that I, don't think I... you ever messaged me day of though, so that's pretty good. Yeah. I messaged you purposely two days earlier to for a grace period. <laughs> At that point, I had already worked on that for a while and thought about how to do it and done it, and you yeah. were just starting. For yeah, some I, I think the key word in your whole in your whole phrase, right, is the word think and thought. Like that was pretty much non-existent for that class <laughs> for me. Um, so basically, I think for that class, homeworks were pretty much like eighty percent of the of the degrading. And then we had like I guess one or two like midterm and finals, I guess for the remaining twenty percent or thirty percent, who knows? But because I got Louis' assistance on the homeworks, we pretty much got like the same entire score each time. But we got we got the exact same. We got a hundred on all of them. Yeah, we got a hundred on all of them. Yeah, because you know Louis is a genius and he's a good teacher as well. No, because the class is yeah whatever. And Louis was such a good teacher that you know he taught me. <laughs> the actual concept of the class and for the final i was actually understanding material i was like okay i got this so we have we both took the final and i guess louis made a small error on the final whereas i actually got it right so technically for the entire semester i ended up with a better numerical score than louis did even though louis was the one that pretty much carried me throughout the whole whole course i should have let you fail all the homeworks (laughs) Yo, but that, those homeworks are hard. The fact that it those took you hard, yeah. three to four days to figure something out, I think, shows how difficult it was. Yeah. I mean, most homeworks we took in like college were just like, you know, fill in this question, figure out this thing, write the paper. This one, you actually had to sit down and think about what, like, how do you even approach this problem to, to do? How do you even do it? Yeah. Like, there's no clear answer. So that was challenging. But yes. Um, do you remember the time that I had to teach you econ in uh, freshman year? You can replace the word econ with any class we shared, man. <laughs> no, no, no. This class, this one was special. I remember distinctly. Why? Because Why was it special? You had to go into econ, right? And at this point, I hadn't taken econ yet. I just taken the high school econ, and you were already taking the college one. I just didn't get into that class. I remember that it was like the day before the exam. You drew the the supply and demand graph. <laughs> you drew a line, and just like this is demand, and I said, no, that's supply. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh no, he's gonna fail for sure. If he can, like, this is the, like, the second thing you learn in the class. And you got a C, which I thought was amazing. Yes, that was the only C of my entire you should have academic career. That's true. So, okay, I, I want to be known that in high school, I was actually top three in my school. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what happened in college, but I guess, you know, I realized there were other smarter people there. And I, I honestly think it kind of affected my my confidence in the first year like i was like they these people are so smart like how do i catch up with these but yes we had two econ classes i took micro freshman year and then i took yeah took took macro sophomore year and took micro freshman year micro i got a c but i think macro i actually got it's either a b plus or an a but it was way better than the micro so i mean your micro class was was ridiculous your teacher was what was wasn't he the crazy one Oh, yeah. So we had a you teacher. Had... The main teacher, um, I think due to a medical condition, he couldn't teach anymore. So the replacement yeah. professor was this really interesting human being that could not teach that well, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But I thought, didn't he, didn't you say that, I thought someone said that he put a, what was it called? A um a multiple choice test for the final, for one of the exams and it was like 10 questions or something. 
No, he did true false. And the thing is, true, he did true false. He did true false questions, and the questions were so poorly worded that it was just awful. I mean, granted, the class also had like what, almost a couple hundred kids. So for those of you who don't know, um, Louis and I, the business school we went to, Stern. There's a thing called the Stern curve, where essentially only the top thirty percent of the class can get an A. So you could imagine if there's a couple hundred people and only the top thirty percent could get an A, someone could get like a ninety-five and end up with a B just because of how the the curve works. So I got a C based on my efforts, and I would, I would say it's uh, you know quite respectable for not knowing the supply and demand curve in equal. Yeah, that was that was bad. I thought you were gonna straight up fail. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was definitely my low point in college. After that, I actually. I pretty much got all A's after after freshman year. Really? Pretty much. My my GPA kept climbing. My freshman year GPA was like a 3.1, I think. But then mm. after, if you take out my freshman year um, GPA, I think I would have ended with like a 3.738, I think. Whoa. All of that is College is now. over. Don't worry about it. College anymore. is over. <laughs> yeah. And then Louis, the other travel story i remember is um we went to las vegas so louis and i and morgan (sighs) we did a sort of like a three bros trip where we went to vegas we started in vegas and then because these two kids don't know how to drive they forced me to drive all of that trip uh where we went to uh grand canyon we went to antelope canyon um so it was like nevada arizona and then utah also went to utah for a bit yeah so it was a short weekend trip, but in the span of three days, I drove about close to 20 hours. Um, and I actually also got sick <laughs> during that trip. So they, because these two kids don't know how to drive, they relied on a sick person who was like, I was close to death, I felt like, like how it felt at the time. And I had to drive all that long. But my favorite story from that trip is <laughs> we were in, <sighs> in Las Vegas uh, visiting our original small group leader, Vincent. And we went to a casino. Do you remember what casino it was? I actually don't remember now. Uh, I think it was MGM. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was MGM. But basically, we went to a casino. Uh, and the original intent was just for us to walk around, look at the different sort of casinos, and just see how they were designed differently and all that. Just enjoy the views. But as we were in that casino, I think it was you who noticed that there was a $1 slot machine. Yep, that was me. So you were like, okay, let me... <laughs> I've Let always wanted to that. pull down the. I've always wanted to like use a slot machine, like the pull the lever, yeah, and see how it feels. Yeah. So I was like, I decided to do that. Yeah. So you went into the slot machine and you were like, okay, I'm gonna try this out. So you put in a dollar, you pull it on the slot, and you got nothing, right? Yeah. Um, and then I think Morgan was the next one, where he was like, I want to try too. So Morgan tried. He pulled the slot, or the arm, the lever, and he also got nothing. So then I was like, okay, well, if you two are going to do it, I guess I'll do it too, just for the experience of it. And I remember as I was walking up to that slot machine, Louis, do you remember what you said to me? I think I said it was a waste of money or yeah. statistically unlikely, <laughs> something of the sort. So so every time Louis talks about anything related to like percentages and statistics, there's always like this, we always have like this mocking voice for him. Like I'm yes, a statistics major. Statistically, this is not That's possible. It's not even how I introduce myself. <laughs> Y'all <are> just jerks. <laughs> Michael, so, especially. If Michael listens to this, Michael, you're a jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like the standard Louis statistics voice. Anyways, um, no- I was going up to the machine to put in dollar, and I just hear Louis think, "You're wasting your money. Statistically, you're not going to get anything from it. It's, it's just a money stealing like- ploy." So I was like, well, what? you guys already wasted two dollars. Might as well waste three. Uh, which now thinking about it, it's probably a very bad mindset to have in Vegas. But anyways, I decided to just do it. And then it was like in slow motion. So I realized I put in a dollar. I cranked the lever. And I just see three sevens appear on the board. And all of a sudden, the whole machine just goes berserk. And like lights are flashing. And then I had, I just looked at you. And I just saw your face slowly. You were like. What? What in the world just happened? So uh yeah, I ended up winning like seventy dollars from from a single dollar and I remember that very distinctly. When the when the machine started lighting up, I knew I was doomed. <laughs> I would never hear the end of it. I was like, take that for statistics. 
<laughs> but uh, you know, I I I told you, I actually have never spent a single dollar from that seventy. Just yes, just to have. remember it and spite you. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm fully aware. Fun times. Let's never talk about that again. We'll always talk about it. So everybody, when you go to you Vegas, know what we should talk about when what? we went to Vegas and we didn't get to go to the buffet. That we should talk about. Oh uh, yeah. That's- I mean, well, we we did go to um, Theo's restaurant. So Theo was yeah. the little brother of Vincent, who actually owns a restaurant out there. So if you're ever there, do you remember the name so we can plug it? You in? You remember the name, Jeff? Uh, Neighbors, Who's Neighbors Cafe. Cafe. There we go. Go check out Neighbors Cafe. It's I think it has five star rating on Yelp. It's very good. But I mean, the first time I went to Vegas was actually, or not the first time, but I went to Vegas a couple of years before with my mom for a similar Southwest trip, and our friend Vincent he took us to like a the back and out buffet which is one of the top buffets in vegas because i guess he has like inside connections with the the restaurants there so we got to eat there for free and i think when i told this story to louis because i think a couple of other friends also got to experience the same thing louis went to vegas with the expectation <laughs> that he would also enjoy a similarly <laughs> fancy buffet it was like maybe 10 percent of the reason why i went yeah, but due to time constraints, unfortunately, we could not go. So, Louis, let me just remind you again. The Bagnall Buffet was super delicious, and you should try it out next time you go there. I hope you lose your $70. <laughs> Never. I'm going to frame it. It was fun to go on these nostalgic trips for the first half of this episode. I think we can take a break here. And in the second half, as I mentioned, I will be asking you some rapid-fire questions. Okay. All right. So... With that, we'll take a break here, and we'll see everyone back in the second half. Welcome back, everybody, for the second half of this episode with Louis. So, Louis, as I mentioned, I'm going to be asking you some rapid-fire questions. Are you ready for them? Yep. Go ahead. Wow. Such confidence. I like it. Okay, Louis, I think most people's view of you is that you're a pretty laid-back person. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Okay. So then the first question is, what is something that people take seriously, but you don't think they should? Ooh. These rapid fire questions are pretty deep. <laughs> First thing that something comes to mind. Something like, like, what is your favorite food or something? <laughs> uh, hmm. I think for me, probably the easiest answer is career stuff. Um, for me, work is just kind of something I do for to make money, and I'm not too worried about like long-term stuff. Like I don't have like a 10-year mm. plan to be a manager or a 20-year plan to be a, like a partner or something like that. Mm. Work just kind of, well, in my experience, a lot of people, what happens is, at least from the people I've met, it's uh, the managers I've met have never been, never started out as analysts or whatever in mm. their roles. Like you you do work and then somehow just things just happen and you become something else. Um, So I know a lot of people are like planning out like what they want to do with their lives in terms of career. And I'm just kind of, for me at least, it's whatever makes money and isn't terrible, I'll do. Not not sure how that's going to end up for me, but we'll see in a come back in ten years and we'll see what happens. I mean, so like when you work, do you when you do look for jobs? Like, what is the number one thing you you look for then? Is it? I mean, just I've only pay? looked for jobs. I've looked for jobs twice at this point, um, so I can't really say that much. Mm. Uh, something that fits my skills, I guess. Okay. I have a pretty wide range in terms of like technical things. So that's true. I feel like you're one of the friends that we kind of regard as like the do it all. Or like, or in other words, you like to think about how to address challenges, and I respect that about you. Yeah, that's I, what I, I do at work actually. <laughs> I work as a, a kind of a, I don't even know how to describe my work. It's like a business intelligence developer. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I take numbers or data or whatever you give me, and then I make it into a, a visual or something useful that people can do things with. So like, I show sale, I can show someone like sales numbers and be like, oh, here are the sales you have. Um, if you haven't noticed, the sales in this country were bigger than the sales in this country, probably because of this reason. So you probably should, probably should do something about that. And at work, usually what happens is you split it up into technical and non-technical work. Mm. So some people are like, oh, they do, they talked a lot to like people in the business and like help them figure out what they want. And they do a lot of like, you know, writing and like English and stuff. Mm. And then some people are very technical. So they'll be like very deep into the numbers, like, you know, writing code, doing a lot of math. Uh, and then I, I kind of do... I'm a generalist, so I do almost all of that, but not very well in anything. <laughs> so Louis, Jack of all I, trades, master of none. I'm actually also dabbling my hand in some business intelligence stuff at work. Oh boy. 
I don't have the tissue of this one as well. Maybe so, I should start charging you. No, no, we're going to collaborate. And by collaborate, I'm going to make you do all the work and take the credit <laughs> the, for it. The good old-fashioned work project. Yeah, yeah. School project, actually. For work, I actually, you tend to get more credit. But for school, those projects we worked on together, man, oh, boy. All right. Well, anyways, I, I, it's interesting that you brought up, you know, people taking work seriously. Because I do want to use this opportunity to thank you for getting me my job. Oh, yes. <laughs> The story so, of your of your job. I'll tell the story because I'm I was the most salty of it out of it. I'm just I'm just. St- why I'm are you salty about it? it? You gotta be <laughs> just, appreciative rest, of your brother's success. The rest of us, the rest of us mere mortals are out here, there, you know, <laughs> hustling all the time. So Jeff, I remember in was this junior or senior? This was junior year, and then we were all usually in junior year. You try and get an internship at a big company. You know, you know, you want to. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are at our uh, school want to like wanted to work at big banks. You know, JP Morgan, City Bank of America, whatever. So um, they had a, a J.P. Morgan event at some point. And this was when I still thought I wanted to do finance or was interested in doing finance. So I wanted to go, and then I didn't want to go by myself because I felt I'd feel very uh, nervous and awkward by myself. So I, I asked Jeff to come with me because Jeff was also, I guess, kind of looking for an internship. I remember that, first of all, you didn't want to go. And second of all, when you did go, you were just like, okay, fine, I'll go with you. Fine, we'll go. So we went. I think I actually convinced you because um, one of the previous events I went to had sushi. And I was like, oh, Jeff, there might be sushi this one then. And then we went and there was no sushi and you were bummed out and I was bummed out. And we were just all bummed out. Right? There were hors d'oeuvres though. There were hors d'oeuvres, but they're, they're not sushi. You know, I thought it was going to be like sushi again. That was good. I was excited about that. I'm very motivated by food, um, which is probably where I work for a food company. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. So the room was split up into like four kind of corners. There was like, you know, the investment banking corner, which was everyone is in the investment banking corner. Everyone wants to do Everyone wants to do that kind of banking. There was like a finance corner, I think, like other finance corner, like not banking, but like corporate finance, whatever. There was, what was the last one that was there? Was it tech? Do you remember? It's probably tech. I mean. Probably tech. Yeah, there was like another technical corner. And then finally, there was this fourth corner with like HR and like other things that people normally don't want to talk to. So Jeff was like, okay. I'm here already. I guess I'll just talk to one person and I'll call it a day and go home. So, Jeff, you go and talk to who did you talk to? Some HR lady? Well, yeah, yeah. she was a palladian HR, but uh, I'll, I'll add details to it later. You go and talk to the HR lady. You're done. You're talking. Five minutes later, you come to me. Okay, I'm done. See ya. You go home. And then afterwards, you receive a call from the same lady offering you an interview. You then go on the interview. One round. No, 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 no. no, no. Actually, I, I did not require an interview at all. No interview? So, okay. <laughs> so basically, okay. All right. So let, let me tell you from my side. So essentially what happened was, like, Louis did find out about this JP Morgan networking event. So I was actually very late to the recruiting game. So I had no idea what, like, mm-hmm. what was going on. I actually did not even have, like, a fitted suit to wear. So, uh, none of us had fitted suits, so... <laughs> I mean, but you guys have presentable suits. Uh, so I did not even have a suit at the time because I had lost so much weight in Sydney. So I had just this oversized suit from from, from high school. So <laughs> the way for me to counteract that was I actually wore like a very tight backpack um, during a networking event to sort of give this false impression that my suit was fitted. But I just oh. realized how stupid I looked because everybody else was like, you know, having nice suitcases with their suits. <laughs> you just see me, like, holding my strings, like, of my backpack, walking around. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. But like Louis, I was also motivated by food. So when I first got there, I saw so many people, like, hounding these recruiting people, asking questions and stuff. Like, I just don't want to deal with that. So I was just busy there eating food. And then as I was eating food, I recognized that there was a lady who, you know, she was also manning a table, but... No, for some reason, no one was talking to her, and I think she looked bored as well. So she was also just like munching on on the the hoarders and you know just waiting. So I was like, you know, I'm here. I might as well just talk to someone and at least like keep I guess keep that person company since she looks bored. So we ended up chatting the whole night. We talked about like what I was studying, like what she typically looks for in people who who want to be employed. So I was like, okay, before I left. I just gave her my contact information and I was like, it was nice meeting you today. And I just left. So a couple of weeks later, uh, it was funny because you were actually by me when I got the call, but we were walking to an event together and on the way to the event, 
I got the call and I picked up and the lady was like, hello, this is, and it was the name that I remember from that event. <laughs> and I remember you but at you the time. you remember now though. No, I do remember. I don't want to say it out loud, uh, but, okay. uh, but I remember when I first got the call, you you were being such a butt. You were like trying to oh, make yeah, like that. monkey noises and stuff as I was trying <laughs> to take the serious call. But yeah, it turns out uh, it was the same person. And it turns out this lady was actually the head of recruiting at JP Morgan at the time. And I guess because she learned so much about me in that night of talking, that ended up being pretty much the interview. So I actually bypassed all of that like phone interviews and super day interviews and I, and that call i got was her directly offering me the job and giving out the details so uh so thanks to louie if i did not go that night i would not have my current job <laughs> well I the rest of us you. are <laughs> out there hustling trying to get work you just got a job from an interview without an interview blessings these are <sighs> blessings yes <laughs> to those uh, who are undeserving <laughs> you're probably right you're probably right about that um but it's all good now. All right. Louis, second question then. What is the first embarrassing incident that comes to mind that happened to yourself? Uh, when I was like five or six, uh, I, would, I was taking swimming lessons in a pool. Um, the pool that I regularly went to closed down, so we went for the teacher to a new pool. And I had to go to the bathroom, so I went out, and I could not find the men's bathroom. Oh, no matter no. where I looked. Uh-huh. I was like looking for like a good like five minutes. I was like... I know I came up from the bathroom because I changed in there, but I don't see the men's bathroom. So I was turning around. I was like, I can't see anything. And there's, there's only the women's bathroom. So I was like, okay, I guess the, that changing room is maybe, I don't know, signed wrong. So I went in, right? And I thought, okay, I guess this is the right bathroom. And then luckily a lifeguard saw me. She's like, oh no, stop. That's, that's not the, the changing room we're supposed to go to. It's there. And she points at it. And I'm like, oh. And it's like, it was like hidden behind like some kind of thing where I couldn't see the sign. I'm like, oh goodness. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, I, was, I remember I was so small that she must have thought that I was like confused and like looking for my mom. So I was like, <laughs> I just, I, I, it took me five minutes to find it. And I was like, Oh yeah. Do you, do you swim now? Are you, are you a good swimmer? No, I haven't swum in ages. I'm mm. a decent swimmer. I can, I can swim. Uh, I, there's no pools in New York city that I'd want to swim in. Like, mm. well, New Jersey has yeah. a lot of pools. So if you ever come down here, you can uh, enjoy the waters. Or I could do anything else in my life. Yeah, Louis has a weird hatred for New Jersey. What is this? You were born here. Why do you hate us so much? Yeah. Because I was born there. I <laughs> you, sir, were born in Brooklyn. You got no rights. What do you mean? I was raised in New Jersey. Nope, but you were born in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is basically like... Don't my, say it. Brooklyn, if I can make an analogy, Brooklyn is my biological father, but New Jersey is my dad. I thought you were going to say that Brooklyn's part of New Jersey, and what? I was like, don't do that. I was scared for a minute. <laughs> After I asked this question... <laughs> the story I thought about was because <laughs> uh, I always remember it was your your um your first kiss story. That is, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. That that was that's gotten less embarrassing over time because I've told it so many times. All right, do you yeah. do you want to to share that with uh, the world, or would you rather keep that under wraps? No, I think I've, I think it's fine. I'll, I'll share the story. Right, I've shared it like at least like four or five times at this point. It's a good icebreaker. You shared it four or five times, but it gets me every single time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. So uh, in high school, um, I really liked this girl. Um, I met her in ninth grade, I think. And then I liked her, but then uh, I didn't do anything about it because, you know, I was skinny and scared of girls. So <laughs> nothing happened for... We, we were friends, but nothing happened uh, between us. Um, she moved away in 11th grade. And then she came back in... She came back to visit in, uh, I think, the... The winter of 12th grade, so halfway through the semester, the year. Uh, and then, so we hung, out, we hung out, we spent some time together. Um, well, and then we spent some time with our friends. Um, we went to this, uh, just because she was back and like it was like a rare occasion. So we went to this like, honestly, not that fancy Western restaurant. It was like burgers and fries and stuff. But back then, because we were in high school, we had no money. Uh, this was in China, so Western food was very fancy. So it was, it was honestly just a regular burger place. Uh, so we went to the burger place, uh, and then afterwards we walked, we all walked back to the subway station, um, because subway was very convenient there. So we would take the subway. Anyways, uh, we walked back, and then my friends, uh, they knew that I liked her, and that um, I never did anything about it. So they mysteriously disappeared on the way there. They either some of them walked very fast, some of them walked very slow. End of the day, it was just the two of us. We were walking. Um, so I walked her to the subway station, um, and then we stood at the turnstile, and I was like, okay, um, I guess I'll see you then. And this is probably the, this was actually the last time I ever saw her. And then we look. I looked at her, and then she looked at me, and then I got this 
inside of me this urge like you should kiss her <laughs> and i was like okay i'm never gonna see her again this is the first and last time this is my first like in my big high school crush i should think you know just think about it so i go and i'm like okay i gotta do this quickly i gotta do this fast i gotta be i gotta i gotta do it so i go and kiss her right and it's very important to note that she's a little bit shorter than i am and i am unexperienced inexperienced and i am young and so when i go to kiss her i go very fast and i kiss the very top of her lip but not the bottom part because i was in such a hurry that i could not aim so i kiss the top of her lip i go back and then i'm like in my brain i'm like oh no and she look on her face is like oh and she's like oh what just happened and then i'm like oh no and then the little little voice inside my head is like okay you missed the first time Go again. <laughs> so I go move in again to kiss her. And this time I'm even faster because I'm so worried that she's going to like say something. So I kiss her again. And then I, again, I kiss the top of her lip, but not the bottom half because I can't aim. <laughs> and then at this point, she's like, okay, maybe you should do this a little slower. And then the little voice is like, you idiot, you moron. How could you do this to me? How could you do this to us? How could you... <laughs> And then I'm like, okay. And then this time I hold her arms and then I move in slowly and kiss her. And then she's like, okay. And then she's like, bye. And then I'm like, also, bye. And wait. then she leaves. And then I didn't get, wait, I never heard that last word. You guys just, she just verbally said bye and left. She, I think she said, okay. And then I guess I'll see you later then. Bye. And then she leaves. <laughs> like after that, we'd like, we, I have never seen her again after that or talked to her or anything. And then she, <laughs> she leaves and then I leave and I go home. And then that's the story of my first guest. First three kisses, actually. Um, <laughs> How do you miss three times or two times? I missed two times, not three times. I miss. I, I got the third time. <laughs> yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have uh, one of the best first kiss stories I've ever heard. So uh, that is the reason why the girl never reached back out to Andrew afterwards. Oof. That's probably it. <laughs> I think she moved to, back to Canada after that. Actually, I have. I just. I have not seen her. Never fails to get me that story. I love it. Yeah. I used to be awkward about it, but then I leaned into it fully and tell the story, and then people are amused by it usually. So yeah. it's a good icebreaker. You, you fall so you can get right back up. That's that's what yeah. I do to take away from it. That's my, that's my motto right there. <laughs> uh, okay. Louis, next question. So this is kind of a mainstay now of our podcast, but uh, you also are multilingual. So say anything in a language other than English. Anything in a language other than English. Say, yep, you can say any phrase you want. No, I just, you said say anything in a language other than English, so I said anything in a language other than English. This is. <laughs> Did anyone do that yet? <laughs> no. Oh, that was very amusing to me. Okay. What, you want to have this conversation in Mandarin? I worry Mandarin? about what Jasmine has to deal with on a daily with you. Uh, you say, let's speak Chinese then? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, your ac- your accents are strange right yeah it's well it's not strange i mean i can make it out but it doesn't it sound I native a, i have an american accent and i also have a cantonese accent so the two of them merge together cause some truly terrible things so how do you how would you say that same phrase in cantonese that actually sounds really stilted <laughs> it just doesn't sound like something you normally say it's like let us speak english so like actually, okay that's so i would say it as Na woman's jian zhongwen ba. Yeah. But you said it like. Na <laughs> jian. <laughs> My Chinese. In, in, so in high school, I was. Uh, I went to a. I went to high school in China, right? And like an international school. But most of my. Not coworkers. Goodness. What's the word? Um, all the other students. Classmates. Oh my. My classmates were all. A lot of them were like native English Chinese speakers. Either they had like lived there for a long time and they like knew the language really well. Or they were like. They just were born in like Taiwan or like. They're just Chinese speakers. So for our Chinese class, it was just me and this other Asian, uh, Asian American. And the two of us, our English is our, not English. Our Chinese was not great. So I remember, first of all, they, they had to specially tailor the class so that the two of us would survive. Because otherwise they would, okay, they were like doing like, you know, novels, you know, like full, like, like there's a piece of like Chinese literature that like, you know, was written in like the 80s that like is very famous. They were reading through it. And I was like, they were like reading like a page and I was like through the first like paragraph. Like it's, it just, it was like, this was like written in like, this was like formal, like Chinese, like, you know, written for like Chinese people to read as like yeah. a 
regular reading. So like it was it was it was terrible because like we couldn't find they had to find like a middle ground between we had like maybe like a fourth grade or fifth grade like reading comprehension. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has a twelfth grade reading comprehension. So we were like just getting like destroyed. Um, <laughs> also, fun fact. So we had to do this play in in our Chinese class for um, it was like this old play. It's called a uh, Leiyu Thunderstorm. Okay. Uh, it's originally a tragedy. However, they gave me the part of uh, one of the characters, um, and my Chinese was so bad, they made this tragedy into a comedy. Each time I, each time I spoke, people would start cracking up. Cause, okay, so the teacher gave me the part with the, the least speaking roles possible, right? Because my Chinese is some, one of the worst. And then they split us up into two, part, into two parts of the class so that the other Asian American would have the same part as I did so that we wouldn't be destroyed. But my Mandarin was so bad that when the when the uh, when we did this play for like the main Chinese class, they just started cracking up each time I spoke because <laughs> it was because my Mandarin was just such a bad accent. <laughs> and we were like, oh, you know, oh, my son is dead. Oh, what the artists <laughs> And they're just like cracking up. Uh, no, I I do feel you're very fit for a comedy role though. Yeah, but it was a tragedy. It's like this. This story is so tragic. It's like about how like the sins of your like the parents affect the, their kids. Like the things that the parents did affect the kids, and the kids like are, are, are die because of it. You know, yeah, yeah. Of, just because of how the parents like keep lying to them and like do think bad things to them and stuff. But like when I spoke, like these tragic words became just. <laughs> <laughs> they should just. They should have just made you like be the tree or something. <laughs> they like should have made me be the tree. Honestly, like that would improv. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least your your Mandarin is, like, people can understand it. Yeah. So I mean, it's, I mean, also I don't I don't speak Mandarin normally speaking. I speak Cantonese, so that's my that's my uh, the way that I feel better about myself. <laughs> is there a language that you want to pick up and speak fluently? Not really. I'd rather just learn a lot more Chinese. Hmm. Yeah. You, you should learn Korean so you can enjoy. No, absolutely not. Things with me. <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, fine. All right. Okay, Louis. So our friendship is also very interesting in a sense where we verbally assault, insult each other a lot. <laughs> we also physically assault each other. That right? is true. But it, it is all out of love, I hope. Um, mm. <clears throat> so, Louis, I'm going to give you this free opportunity. What is the most imaginative insult you can come up with against me right now? Oh, man, I can't think of anything. <laughs> This is the most thought I've ever seen Louis put into anything. I can't think of anything. That's so embarrassing. I mean, the the, the whole fact that you live in New Jersey is an insult. <laughs> so, what? But Why I'm do you hate New Jersey? Like, I think that's specific for you, not for New Jersey. Because New Jersey, just there's a whole bunch of other innocent people that are just like, you know, trapped there, you know? But you... Trapped there? What? I can't think of anything. I'll let you go. I think the way I insult you is just by mocking you. Like, I just say yeah. exactly what you say, and they're like... In a stupid voice, high pitched voice. Yes, in a stupid voice. Yes, in a stupid voice. Yeah, I really hate your baby voice. Yeah, I really hate your baby voice. I really hope you don't date again, because if I hear your baby voice, <laughs> no, actually, if I date, I, I, I can't do cu- cutesy voices when I date. It's just not part of me. I would beg to disagree. I think I've heard it before. Really? Yeah, I think so. That's such a lie. No way. I think so. I'm not actually sure. No way, Jose. I guarantee I do not do cutesy voices. That's what they all say. What? I, I struggle with cutesy voices for like pets, let alone people. Well, why would you do cutesy voices with pets? Okay, I don't. I never get why people do cutesy voices with like pets and babies. I I, I understand that more than people. Like yeah, I understand. But that's, if you're doing with people, it's just because you think that you treating them, you're treating them as like a baby or as like an animal or a cute animal. <laughs> Which I, if I, I was on get... if I was on other, I don't know if I would appreciate that. <laughs> so Louis. Uh, we did talk a lot for today, so I think I'll just wrap it up by with this one last question. Louis, what is the next big thing you're looking forward to? Ooh. <laughs> Having this quarantine go be over so I can go outside and bike. <laughs> That's the first thing you want to do? Bike? Probably, yeah. Dude, I need to hit up a barbershop for sure. Oh, oh, oh we have a we have a treat for you. So uh, James bought a razor or a shaver or I don't know what they're oh, called, but like the thing at the barbershop. So uh, they're going to cut someone's hair is going to get cut and then my hair is going to get cut and then we're going to see what I look like. It's really bad. Right now my hair is like it's point it's poking into my like eyes and I don't like that. So right. I'm, I'm going to get my hair cut as soon as possible. Before and after picture, please. Mm. I'll need it. Oh, actually, yeah. you know what we should do? What? So before we start recording this podcast, Louie and I were talking about how we both gained weight from this quarantine. We're yeah. going to do a workout program together. Nope. 
you'll be my punching bag and i'll i'll let morgan be yours <laughs> i feel like morgan loses on every single thing that we do <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> well louis it was a pleasure having you on i'm surprised we talked for more than five minutes people are very mm-hmm. worried that this would be the shortest podcast episode in the history of podcasts Ha <laughs> there you go Impact i laugh without words exactly all right well it's been a very fun episode louis thanks for coming on any parting thoughts i guess want to play destiny later all right sounds like a plan <laughs> this is how louis and i spend time with video yeah. games anyways thanks again for coming on and thank you for all of you for listening to this week's episode of catching up with jeff g with that We'll wrap it up here and we'll see you all next week.